Welcome to the heart of the Big Bend. It's time to kick back, put your feet up, grab your favorite beverage or snack as we discuss, declare, proclaim, publicize, and articulate about the wonders, magic, beauty, music, and happenings here in the area known as the Big Bend of Texas. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us for Heart of the Big Bend. This is a podcast and radio show coming to you every other week about visiting the beautiful Big Bend of Texas. Specifically, we will cover what's happening in Alpine, an incredibly friendly small town nestled in a desert mountain valley at the heart of the Big Bend region. With easy day trips from Alpine, you can take in everything this amazing region has to offer. I'm Chris Ruggia, Director of Tourism for the City of Alpine, and with me again today is Heather Yaden from the Alpine Visitor Center. Hi, Heather. Good morning. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And finally, the show we should have had for our first or second show, I bet, <laughs> is Big Bend National Park. This is the anchor, the gravity well of tourism for this whole region, and it's, you know, this is what the region is named for, the Big Bend of the Rio Grande. And we're going to talk today with Tom Vandenberg, the Chief of Interpretation at the National Park. Hi, Tom. Hello. Good morning. Glad to be here. Yeah. Thanks so much for taking some time to talk with us about this incredible, beautiful asset that our region has to share. You bet. I've never heard it referred to as a gravity well before. <laughs> well, it's a, uh, it's, we, let's say the, the jewel in the crown, the superlative. Uh, metaphor, whatever, whichever one we want to yeah. pick. It's a pretty special place, yeah, you bet. No question. So uh, for the folks who don't yet know who are listening on their podcasts and what what is this Big Bend thing, let's talk about what is the Big Bend? Where is Big Bend National Park in the state? Well, Big Bend is uh, the large swath uh, incorporated into the big, broad sweep of the Rio Grande in far, far southwest Texas. So I like to it, call it the bottom of that blob on the, the, the left-hand of the side of Texas. Yeah, yeah, that uh, <laughs> that encompasses it pretty well. And so, uh, big is Big Bend National Park still the largest of the national parks? Is that? Oh no, we're not known? the largest of the national parks. We're actually. Uh, 15th largest 15th. of our U.S. national park area. Oh, goodness. Uh, and, but it's, it's pretty large. 800,000 plus acres. Is that right? It's a big place. Yeah. There's plenty of room for everybody here in uh, Big Bend for sure. <laughs> um, and so one of the things that, uh, since I've been in the area when I've read and visited and looked at, you know, interpretive materials about the park that gets point, uh, stressed is the ecological breadth, let's say, that we're, that, the park represents a lot of different uh, habitats and ecosystems. Yeah, the park is um, in many ways kind of a meeting zone of many ecological areas. We're at 29 degrees latitude, so we're the northernmost reach of a lot of southern plants and animal species, and then the southernmost reach of many northern species, and then we're in the kind of in the middle of the continent, and so east and west overlap here. So it's a very, very diverse place. Um, and uh, the most uh, prime example of the Chihuahuan Desert uh, preserved in the United States. It's con sometimes considered like three parks in one as yeah. well. You have the river area. You know, we have a couple hundred miles of riverfront property managed by the National Park. Uh, there's also the desert, kind of the heart of the park, the soul of the park, and then there's the, the woodlands, the mountains, and the high country up in the Chisos Range. 
Yeah. Um, how, uh, how and when did the national park uh, come into existence? That, that was back in the 40s. Is that right? Well, it actually starts before that even. The state of Texas recognized the area in the early 1930s and established uh, an early state park here in mm. 1933, Texas uh, Canyons State Park, and then right away um, lobbied to get it established as a national park of some sort. That would be a big feather in the cap of Texas. And uh, it took a long time. It took about seven years after being approved, but uh, the state of Texas actually purchased the land um, with the sole reason and purpose to donate it to the federal government uh, for establishment of a national park. And that, that happened in 1944. Uh, the deed for the park actually crossed the desk of President Roosevelt on June 6, 1944, oh, okay. uh, which was the D-Day landing day. Wow. And then but, it was, I think it was uh, in 47 that it was dedicated in Alpine. Isn't, isn't that right? Yeah, it took a few years to kind of get everything together to establish it and uh, formally uh, dedicate it. But the park opened in 1944, and we had about uh, 1,200 visitors that year. And uh, <laughs> this last year now we had just just under 600,000 visitors. And that was a record for the park, correct? Yeah, we're, we're seeing quite a lot of records in recent years, especially the last couple of years. Indeed. So uh, let, let's take the areas of the park that, in the order that you mentioned them, we've got the uh, the river corridor and the desert, and then the mountain area. So uh, along along the river, there's there's two uh, campground, you know, uh, just uh, where the infrastructure is a little more, you know, visitor friendly. There's uh, the Rio Grande Village at the far uh, eastern edge of the of that park area. And then Castellone towards the western, uh, just before you get to Santa Elena Canyon. Right. Yeah, those are probably the two easiest areas to access the Rio Grande and experience the floodplain environment, uh, cottonwood groves, and the, the lush vegetation along the river, and, and just to see and experience the river itself, whether you wanted to hike along the river, get some views of it, or do a float trip along the river. Those are those are the easiest spots to access it. Much of the river flows through pretty remote backcountry areas of the park, and you'd need a jeep or some sort of rugged truck to, to access some of those areas. But Rio Grande Village is probably one of our larger developed areas, a couple of camping areas, a visitor center that's open in the busy months, boat ramps, group campgrounds, a store, and some really nice trails. Yeah, and a, uh, a international port of entry, oddly enough. That's correct. Yeah, that's another unique thing we have here in Big Bend is this uh, international flavor. And people that come to this area, they want to get a feel for what makes Southwest, Far West Texas special. And that uh, that cross-border connection is a strong one. And so we're really happy to have the port of entry. So that would allow visitors with a passport to uh, cross through our port of entry building, uh, make their way down to the river, um, take a little boat ride across the river, and from there you could make a short walk or even ride a ride a, a burrow or a horse uh, into the little village of Boquillas. Yeah, and uh, so then jumping way over. Yeah. There's also the hot springs over there on the east side, right? That's right, yeah. Everybody wants to go to the hot springs. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, That area attracted people for thousands of years, really, and then became a, a health resort at the turn of the century, and now the... The ruins, the old buildings, the old rock art on the walls, um, 
and the hot springs themselves draw people from from all over to experience it. It's kind of a magical little corner of the park for sure. Yeah, and then I wanted to uh, to jump over to the to the west edge of the Santa Elena Canyon, which is a iconic uh, physical you know aspect of the of that river river landscape. Yeah, there are three major canyons um, within Big Bend National Park: uh, Santa Elena, Mariscal, and Boquillas Canyon. All of them are different, um, but Santa Elena Canyon just seems to be the the big attraction for many people. It's pretty iconic, uh, amazing 1,500-foot uh, vertical walls. Um, canyon itself is over 10 miles long, and you could take an easy trail and walk into the mouth of the canyon. It's it's a pretty special experience. Yeah, that's a really popular trail. And, and one thing about Santa Elena Canyon is you can see it as you're because Ross Maxwell's scenic drive heads down to that uh and ends pretty much at that trailhead and all along the route as you're lowering in elevation you can see that slice in yeah the, in the ridge i you... love that it seems kind of small at first but as you get closer and closer it's amazing how big it gets and it's quite imposing yeah yeah now one thing uh we should point out to folks that who want to enjoy that river area is that those the temperature extremes in the park and and uh the warmest area of the park is that lowest elevation right by the river. So when you're in midday, anywhere from May onwards through the summer, it's very, very warm along the river. Definitely. You know, the park has over a vertical elevation uh, difference from the, the high Chisos to the river. And when you look at the weather reports for Big Bend National Park, it often is reflecting what you'll find at park headquarters. Well, we're in the center of the park at kind of mid-elevation. And so you need to add 10 degrees to that for most of the river areas. Um, and, and a lot of people are not prepared for that. It can be very toasty along the river half the year. Yeah, Isn't that why uh, Castellon and Rio Grande Village actually parts of that close during the summer? Yeah, we close those visitor centers in the summer months, and the campgrounds are open kind of at a uh, reduced capacity. It's just hard to camp and do much when it, you know, it's 115 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Our, our very first visit to the area, we, uh, we had, uh, camping at Rio Grande Village and that was late May and it was, it was a, a challenge. <laughs> I went to Rio Grande Village last year in July and my toddler said, I'm not getting out of the car. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. of course that's not, uh, that's not all we have to yeah. offer. So we move up in elevation. So our next kind of stratum of uh of the park would be that the the desert the scrub desert in between the river and the mountains so let's let's start at, at panther junction is the main visitor center as you pointed out tom that that's kind of the center elevation and it's right at the almost the geographical center of the park so you have these three main roads that that co or routes that coincide at panther junction yeah, Panther Junction's at about 3,700 feet, and uh, in all directions, there's really cool things to do. So heading north, that takes you toward Persimmon Gap, 385. That would be the route you'd take to Marathon, and along the way, there's one of our highlights is the Fossil Discovery Exhibit is right there. Yeah, which was really nicely uh, upgraded just a few years ago. It's Yeah, amazing. that was a project, um, for sure, supported by our friends group. It's just like an amazing facility. So if you want to learn about some of the deep history of the park that's that's the place to go it's really amazing yeah and it, and it's really easy to access too it's right off the road but yet it also gives you some nice walks uh for sure from there yeah 
heading um, west from Panther Junction kind of takes you through some of the other highlights of the park. Um, uh, the Balanced Rock Trail takes you, fairly easy trail that takes you out to a really um, famous uh, geologic feature, a big giant arch formed by a, a, essentially a balanced boulder uh, that people love to hike to. That is a dirt road to get to Balanced that's Rock, true. right? It is a dirt road, and uh, that's an important point. Um, probably not the appropriate road to take, you know, a Prius or a rental car van on. <laughs> yeah, not that and we that haven't is, done um, that, but <laughs> yeah, the park has a lot of dirt roads, you know, and. Once you enjoy some of the scenic driving on the paved roads, if you wanted to get off the pavement, that's a pretty cool thing that this park offers that most national parks don't, is an extensive network of roads, and most of those take you through just beautiful desert areas, but you really need to have an appropriate vehicle, you know, at least a a high-clearance vehicle with good tires for sure. And I associate that uh, that Grapevine Hills Balanced Rock Trail with the uh... Greater earless lizards. First time we oh, walked yeah. that, the, those guys, especially the males, have that like rainbow of yeah. color along their their sides. Just really cool looking little guys. Yeah, that is like uh, hands down um, for the entire park. I've never seen more lizards anywhere than that trail <laughs> for sure. And so then we we keep on heading uh, heading towards the west, and uh, a big attraction is as I mentioned earlier that Ross Maxwell Scenic Drive that takes you between that main park road and the river. And there's a lot of great uh, stops and hikes and views along that. Yeah, that route actually takes you, basically shows you the story of Big Ben's geology from one end to the other. You know, the early uh, ancient ocean sediments to the volcanic activity that formed the Chisos. So amazing geology is on display there. Uh, That route takes you all the way down to Santa Elena Canyon. You could spend um, literally a whole day just exploring that one road. And then um, a lot of human history is on display as well along that route. Some of the early ranches, the remains of just the hardy folks that that made a living here in Big Bend um, long before it became a national park. It's Mm -hmm. pretty amazing. And and then, yeah, the Chimneys Trail, too, has uh, some really beautiful and fragile artifacts and or markings let's say yeah. of the, the earlier people and that's mm-hmm. where people can see mule ears which is another famous uh spot to get pictures people that's one of them that's very yeah. iconic and everyone recognizes that those yeah that's a big landmark is mule ears mm-hmm. um, you can see it for miles and miles and miles well uh and then uh let's see between panther junction and ross maxwell scenic drive there is the, then the, the Chisos Basin Road, which takes us way up, much higher in elevation, to the Ch- the heart of the Chisos Mountains, which, as I understand, is the, it's a mountain range that is entirely contained within the boundaries of the National Park. That's right. And uh, as far as I know, that's the only mountain range completely within the boundaries of any U.S. National Park. So it's a special little enclave of rare plants and animals, um, and some of the best scenery in Texas is the, the little woodlands of the Chisos Mountains. It, uh, you know, the Chisos Basin is right, literally right in the center of the Chisos uh, Mountains, and that's where the lodge is. We have a visitor center that's open year-round. And probably if you're coming to Big Bend and you wanted to just hike and hike and hike, that's that would be a place you'd want to go first. And some of your very popular trails all come from the Chisos Basin. Lost Mine Trail is along the road headed to the basin. 
which is a super popular trail that we have to always let people know, like, especially this time of year that it'll fill up early and go to one car in one car out for parking and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then the window is there at the Chisos Basin, mm-hmm. which um, is a beautiful uh, short trail, or you can do the, the longer one. But, yeah. And for folks who don't know, that's yeah. a, it's a little cleft in the, in the mountains that where you can see out to the, uh, the plain beyond. And then you have yeah. the highest peaks. Uh, there is Emory Peak, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Highest peak in the park. It's just under 8,000 feet. And that's a big destination for a lot of folks. It's pretty much an all-day hike um, to get up there and back. It's about a 10-mile hike. Um, but uh, the views from there on the top of Emory Peak, literally you see everything on the park map just right. laid before you. It's from Santa Elena to Boquillas. You can see it all. Uh, my my and, three-year-old's uh, name is Emory, so my goal is to hike that, but we've right. got a few years right. before we try to do that. Some practice to do first. <laughs> yeah, and what's neat about being on top of Emory Peak is that if you're looking north, you can see literally as far away as Alpine fairly easily. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and the other kind of, I, I would say, iconic uh, basin hike has got to be the South Rim. That, that's mm-hmm. It's an investment of time and energy to get there. It's quite a distance. Uh but it's it's a destination of itself for sure. Yeah, you can do that as a day hike, but you have to really kind of move. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a lot of time to spend out there at the rim. But if you make your way out to what's called the South Rim, it's this giant palisade, miles long and 2,000 feet above the desert below, uh, with just spectacular views stretching way off into Mexico. So you can do it as a day hike, but better yet, do it as a backpacking trip, and you can spend... See the sunset, sunrise out there off of the rim. It's one of the iconic, just amazing um, West Texas experiences. Yeah, it sure is, and uh, and it's it's a pretty lengthy hike with a lot of uh, a lot of steep ascent and descent, and uh, and so yeah, there's there's definitely some tears sometimes on the way back down. <laughs> and if you do it as a day hike, you're gonna you're gonna feel it when you get back to the parking lot. That's for sure. And yeah. speaking so speaking of hikes. So to, today we're we're talking in general about the park, and in two weeks we're going to ha- have you back, and we'll talk a little more in detail about kind of the details of visiting the park today. But I, I want to just touch base with a few uh, touch points of favorite hikes in general around the park. Just uh, and for me, one of my absolute favorites is Dog Canyon. Uh, it's it in the warmer. It's this is a uh, it's a flat scrub desert hike it's just a straight shot across with very little vegetation absolutely no shade till you hit and it's on uh the persimmon gap road between the park entrance and panther junction and uh it's a winter hike in my opinion because you know once it's warm it's very uncomfortable to get there but the dog canyon it's a small canyon but it's uh it's just really appealing it's it's uh and you feel like you've arrived at this this place out, you know, away from everything. So, Tom, do you have a favorite? One of my favorite hikes is along the Ross Maxwell Drive, and um, it's it's called the Upper Burrow Mesa Trail. Mm-hmm. And it's a trail that's about two miles each way, and it's uh, not usually uh, that busy because from the trailhead it doesn't look very interesting. Uh, but after about a quarter mile hiking that trail, you drop into the, a narrow, narrow slot canyon, and you follow that all the way down. It gets narrower and narrower and taller and taller. And eventually you end up in literally like a big cave at the top of a 100-foot drop-off. 
and uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so there's yeah. kind of like this treasure at the end to explore, and usually you're the only person out there on that route. Yeah, one uh, that is a really, really lovely thing, and another like easier approach. You very, I would say, a very easy uh, payoff is the Tough Canyon hike, mm-hmm. which is on that same Ross Mexico. It's very near that, uh, and it's you can get some really nice views and overlooks pretty close to the car. So there's a, the park has a, you can do really long hikes and you can do some pretty short hikes depending on your uh, appetite. Yeah. And we have a lot of people that just experience the park and don't do any hiking. They yeah. just do scenic drives and they'll stop at some of the scenic pullouts. And that's an amazing experience for lots of folks too. I think that's what I get more um, questions about at the visitor center, because most people who are, doing some of your more advanced hikes and stuff, they, they don't um, necessarily need my help. Like, they're experienced in going to the park. But vis- most people who come to Alpine Visitor Center are really wanting to know where they can take the best drives through the park. Mm-hmm. And they like to do the loop that comes in um, either in or on the north or the west and come out the other side so they can do the day trip back to Alpine. So I think that that's something great because they can – even if they're not going to hike, they can still see all three of these areas that we've talked about by car. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you and, bet. and speaking of uh, cars, there's the Dagger Flat Auto Trail, which is really going to pay off most when the yucca. What are is that? April? Blooming. Or we have we still have a little bit before it'll be in full bloom, right? Yeah, it's not quite happening yet. In some years, it's more than others, mm-hmm. but it's more of an April event, um, and that can be tremendously cool to see that. Um, it's a kind of a hidden valley filled with a giant type of yucca called a giant dagger yucca and they have these massive inflorescences that they all kind of bloom at the same time and each one of these inflorescences is can be like the size of a person so it's yeah. this it looks like the desert is full of giant you know candles out <laughs> into the distance pretty cool well and that's another one that is a dirt road but i've done it in a regular car i think that's one that you can do in a in a regular car it's not too bad yeah. yeah, and so uh, obviously we could point out <laughs> so many favorite uh, spots to visit at the park, but I think the best thing to do uh, is to get there and start mm-hmm. exploring. <laughs> but uh, I think we're out of time for today. But thanks so much, Tom, uh, well, for talking to us today and sharing with our local folks as well as our visitors uh, a little bit about what makes Big Bend National Park special. And in two weeks... Join us again, and we'll talk a little more in detail about what you what you can expect uh, and how to uh, how to access the park. But uh, so, thanks again, Tom. You bet. So, folks, thank you so much for joining us for Heart of the Big Bend. You can get more information about this show at visitalpinetx.com/podcast or search for Heart of the Big Bend on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other podcast apps. Uh, Thanks, everybody, again for joining us, and we'll be back with you in two weeks. You've been listening to The Heart of the Big Bend. Hope you liked what you heard and that you'll find the time to experience all that the Big Bend has to offer. See you soon, partner.